heart for God Ministries. Ministries. Slow. You tuned in to the prophetess, man. What does it profit the man? To leave this world with a heart for the sin. You ain't gotta be a member. We can start off as friends. Sit back and kick it a little. Take the smallest runt and turn into the pick of the litter. Pastor Telly Lucas, one of my spiritual hitters. Sorry if she get you in your feelings. Those are the first signs of healing. No arm twisting, you gotta be willing. She kinda glow red from the flow to the ceiling. Church is more than the building. But every single inch of this world that we live in. God bless the fish that she real in. Order, got to respect God's daughter. Tune in from Cali to Florida. Lay on hands, get your order. If you harder, take you to the water. Time is getting shorter. Squad up. God is coming, squad up. Kingdom greetings and welcome to another episode of Telly Speaks, Let the Prophet Roar podcast. I am your host, Telly Fender Lucas, and we are delighted today to have our guest, uh, my friend, uh, retired uh, Naval officer, Carl Barnes. Uh, he is a native of Wilson, North Carolina, uh, and we just give God the glory for him on today. He is a published author of five published works, and we are so grateful that the Lord has led him back to this area. For how long, we don't know, but I'm just so grateful that the, the winds of Holy Spirit has brought him here uh, uh, for this interview Amen. on today. And we're yes. going to give him the opportunity right now to introduce himself, anything that he'd like to share about himself. Well, thank you, Pastor, Sister Taylor, Chaplain, all the above. Indeed, I come with an attitude of gratitude to be here today. It is an honor. We've been talking about this, but at such a time as this, yeah. I'm here. So again, I'm Dr. Carl Barnes. I'm a native of Wilson, North Carolina. I left some 35 years ago plus to join the United States Navy. And here I am for such a time as this. God has brought me back to the place where it all started. And I know there is purpose and also divine alignment and this yes. is summer where I'm here because I, I just left, relocated from Memphis, Tennessee. So everything to come back here. So for such a time as this, I know God has destined this hour and this season and this time to be here, even to be in this podcast. Yeah. Well, we are excited again to have you today. I guess the first question that I like to ask is uh, what inspired you to, to leave uh, North Carolina? Uh, and to, to enter into the, the military. Uh, that is an excellent question. I love to be asked that because you know what? Les Brown always said you gotta be hungry. So years before graduating high school, I always knew that it was in my desire to leave the dirt roads, it was a dirt road then, of Wilson, North Carolina, to see the world and get an education. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing against the factory and things here, but I had a bigger dream and a bigger vision during that time that, you know, by reading books, I knew that there was something out there beyond the dirt road and beyond the state line. So joining the Navy was an outlet because I was hungry. And that's a whole nother story how I got in, but I wanted to expand my horizon. I wanted to broaden my horizon to the point where I can say, you know what, I've been to Asia, I've been to South America, I've traveled the world, and I would not have done that if that hunger and desire was not within me to leave North Carolina. Yeah. 
So for an education and to explore the world, to see Absolutely. something other than, you know, your, your surroundings and what you were accustomed to. Yes. So what year was that when you left? When I left, I graduated, uh, believe it or not, high school, Bainfield class of 80. I joined the Navy in 1983, April the 1st of all months, April the 1st, and it wasn't a joke. I went to D.C. As a matter of fact, it took me three times to join the Navy because I wasn't a test taker. And so that's why I, one of my messages, when the system says no, God says yes. So after three times trying to take the ASVAB test, not scoring high enough, the last time I went in the office, I said, you know what, I'm getting in this time. And they had a new program. It was called the Strikers Program, which you know meant that you didn't go in with no guarantees. I didn't go to an A school or a trade school. I just went in at the lowest of the lowest, and the rest is history. Uh -huh. Because I had a desire to do much more, so I just said, let me in the door. Sometimes we gotta ask God, just let me go through the door and I'm gonna see what you're gonna do with this. So by me going through the door, I did a 35-year career, but it came with some pitfalls. It came with some rejections, but I, I know that with all those rejections, and by the way, my father taught me how to join the Navy three times, twice at least. He wanted me to stay in college at the time. I was not focused. And so going behind his back, I joined, but he became my greatest cheerleader wow. going to the Navy. So the thing about it, I had to stretch myself because I wanted my horizons to go further. Yeah. So your father desired college education at that time. <laughs> wow, wow. And you desired to enter uh, the, the U.S. Navy. Yes. And But he became your biggest supporter. My biggest supporter, yes. Wow, yes. that's dynamic. And it was one of the most, I guess, important and, and I guess, valued decisions that Very you could have ever made. Absolutely. I would do it all over again if I had to do it. 35 years. 35 years of my adult life Whoa. was serving my country Dawn the cloth of this nation. Wow. And thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for your service. All right. So you have uh, a part of a, uh, you founded a nonprofit, uh, CMBB, yes. its acronym. Yes. Call me Big Brother. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about this nonprofit? Thank you so much. As you see, I got lit up because it's a passion. So the three letters are my initials. I'm Carl Michael Barnes. Mm -hmm. So I put the other B up there for brother. See, growing up, I didn't have a big brother. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a big brother, but I found myself being a big brother to not only my brother, but my nephews in the Navy, I was a big brother. Wow. So I remember my second tour as a chaplain in Pensacola, Florida, I joined the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. Wow. And I remember my little was, name was Denzel. And he became my, my little brother for four years. I enjoyed it, took him to church, worked with him with his reading skills. You know, he got baptized, bought him suits and clothes. And I watched his self-esteem just change. Even going to my neighborhood, things just changed for him. So I believe working with him sparked something to me and said, you know what? There's more to do out here. Wow. I did my nephew, my brother the same way, and I found myself, even on active duty, work with young men, trying to encourage them to do better with themselves. I believe, and as the acronym of the Navy says, EMI, I took it to educate, motivate, and inspire young men mm -hmm. to the next level of greatness. Denzel graduated from high school. He had a graduate because I spent that quality time with him. Wow. So the passion to work with young men stemmed from being a big brother to not only my brother, my nephew, and other men in church, out of church, do more for themselves and that's where coming big brother came from wow. uh, the passion for work with young men wow so how could uh the listeners connect i saw i see that there's a website there is a website so that is callmebigbrother.org 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 i kind of uh, browse at the <laughs> website and it is dynamic thank so you so much i encourage yes. the listeners to connect thank you
All right. And how about the Resilient Living Coaching LLC? Oh, yes. So as you see, the word resilient is almost my DNA because I know it's my DNA because remember, I was almost a boy child. So I believe that in my mother's womb, God had purpose in my, my mother's womb because there was much more. He, he knows in my mother's womb. So yes. I'm that product. So the fact that I couldn't be killed, destroyed then, all through my career, it's been resilience after rejection. So resilience became the core of who I am today. Because if you had to go th through something to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so resilient living coaching uh, came to me because I said, you know what? I want to do more to help people to get to the next level. Yeah. So this is something I work with one-on-one uh, groups, whatever. As a matter of fact, I'm planning my first retreat this year, the end of this year. More to follow on that, which you would interview hopefully. But it's called the We Win Bootcamp Mastermind, wow. where we get together with like-minded people in transition to talk about resilience and find out how can we get together, go to the next level. Because sometimes we have a blockage, mm -hmm. things hold us down. So mm -hmm. what can we do to break through that bondage to get to where we need to be to bounce back and have a resilient living life? Yeah. So resilient, resilient living coaching is part of that project that is a passion of mine to help other people in the same way. That's wonderful. So while we're talking about resiliency and resilient living coaching LLC, uh, you've got a book here that is is here. Yes, that I, yes. You came for a book signing <laughs> back. It's been about a year ago. So yes, now I think yes. you were one of the first people that had oh. come for the book sign. And, and the book is entitled Resilient Sailing. And it's about your experiences and yes. it will tend life lessons to persevere in life stormy seas. Yes. Um, but you know, it also kind of parallels your your triumphs and you know, you know, you talked about even your uh, the adversity, your challenges, even getting into, you know, uh, the US Navy. Yes. And I think that's wonderful. And I know your life, you know, has not been, you know, uh, an easy one. So you can talk about resiliency, you know, exactly. and the challenges. Exactly. And I just think that's wonderful. Um, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. You know, my mother's always encouraged me, son, are you writing? Are you writing, son? Write things down. So once I retired, I started, a friend of mine who was a pastor encouraged me, you know, I just started testing the waters to write a book. Mm -hmm. And so that book came about because when I retired, I served on three aircraft carriers. I made history serving on the George Washington, the Roosevelt, and the uh, Reagan as the first chaplain of command on three aircraft carriers. It was wow. called the President's Crew. And so what I did with that, I learned so much from that, but it was a lot of pain. They went through that, my health suffered, but I learned to resist because I've seen all types of shit going through uh, waters, I mean, stormy waters. And people say, well, I'm not in the Navy. Well, you know what? Our ship and our stormy waters could be finances. Mm -hmm. It could be divorce. It could be loss of job. Anything I say, in a storm, out of a storm, or going towards a storm. Mm -hmm. So I, even though the ship is a, a actual metaphor that I've been on, everyone can relate. Wow. I've been on so many talk shows talking about how to raise resilient children, how to be resilient in college, how to be resilient in real estate, right. because everything stems around resilient. Yeah. What is it in our DNA to say, I can't stop? The song says, I've come this far to turn around now. Yeah. So everybody, you look back, we have come from a lot of lineage and history of how do we persevere through slavery, plantations, and, and the, the Depression ages. I just read my grandmother, eulogized her 97 years, and I say we can learn a lot from her. She survived, what, 17 presidents, 
four wars, and let's go on and on and on. But my thing is, she could teach us about resilience. So I believe that my resilience came from my grandmother and my great-grandmother, because they survived times we think that are hard, they survived worse mm -hmm. than we did. Mm -hmm. So I believe it was in my DNA, and writing the book just allowed me to take little lessons that I've learned on active duty, wow. from listening, the mindset, to take it to another level. I love it. I love it. And you know, when you when you say use the word say the word resilient, you know, this has been one of the uh, bigger sellers in the bookstore because a lot of people can relate to the word. It just yes. does something. You know, it, it's something that we relate to. You know, as we think of the uh, the nine fruit of Holy Spirit, the word mm -hmm. resilient lines up with the word of parallels with the yes. word, and you said perseverance. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And there it is. Ten lessons to persevere. Ooh, and biblical. Oh, yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. So talk about, you know, why we're here, you know, because, of course, I didn't say this uh, starting early on, you know, this this podcast and everything that that we do here on Tilly Speaks, uh, Let the Prophet Roar, it focuses on um, the whole man, mm -hmm. mind, body, uh, soul and spirit, according to Third John one and two, mm -hmm. which which says, uh, 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 "Brother, I pray above all that you prosper, mm -hmm. even as your soul yes. prospers." Yeah, tell us a little bit about how I guess your uh, the Lord, you know, your your mm -hmm. your, your spiritual, you know, uh, understanding and and uh, of who God is how he's impressed upon your life. And I know that was kind of real broad right there because it's very intimate, but I know you don't mind sharing. Not at all. Uh, this all comes from, you know, I'm a PK, my father's a pastor, mm -hmm. so I'm used to being in front of people. As a matter of fact, I was looking at old photo albums. I was probably the youngest person in the choir in D.C. Wow. I was surrounded by older senior people in my life. And I believe that all that going through deliverance, I mean, I grew up in deliverance churches, mm. you know, watching demons cast out. So I didn't go in the Navy as a chaplain, but I was an ordained minister. Wow. And so the, the CEOs thought I was a, a chaplain, but I was able to preach, mm -hmm. sing and teach before I was a chaplain because they saw me as a chaplain, even though they had the credentials. Right. The credentials opened the door, but I was already doing service before I got in the Navy. I was preaching my first trial sermon at high school. Wow. And I said, wow, look at this. And so, but it took me a long route to get to mm -hmm. being a chaplain mm -hmm. because I recall very vividly when I graduated from high school, I, my bags were to go to East Texas Bible College. R.W. Shambach School, it didn't happen. Wow. I was promised a big old lump sum of money and it never happened, my bags were packed. And I was disappointed because I was going to East Texas Bible College to start ministry. But wow. God had me to go the long route to the 15 years in the Navy to actually go to seminary. Wow. And I look back and say, what was this all about? Because sometimes you got to go through the valley. You got to mm -hmm. persevere, you know, be made and mold. It's okay. We're going to see what you made up. And I went through all of that, even going through a painful divorce. And it's like, are you serious about this? Changing majors. So the Navy actually put a stop to things because I had to endure that because either you make it mm -hmm. or you don't get put out. So I had to make the best of it. Wow. But ministry was all a part of my DNA. Yeah. I was remember singing in the choir, little bitty child. And I said, what is this all about? So ministry and my witness of God came from my background. I was in church 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know anything about the world was going out there because we was in church so much. And we actually lived next door to the church. When we did in the projects, I remember my mother, before my father was actually saved, walked down the hills of the projects in D.C., getting on a, a city bus to go to church. Wow. My mother heard three kids, and she was at noonday prayer every day. My mother, talking about the word prayer and faith, the dictionary, I see my mother. Wow. So we were right. We could not go to school until we prayed mm. in the house. 
We could not walk the streets. My mother, you got to pray. It's like, okay, mom, never question a praying mother. Yes. So that was part of my the DNA, even in her in her womb. Yeah. So this whole thing about who God is, I know who God is. Mm -hmm. My mother was healed of tumors. As a child, I saw those tumors before mm -hmm. she even got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I said, mom, I saw three black balls in your body. I showed her where they were. A month later, she was diagnosed with three tumors. <laughs> As a child, I saw this. So I knew God had purpose. Even if I put on a uniform and started preaching, he gave me this divine gift to see things. I'm like, wow. I saw her tumors, and I remember very vividly, years later, she fell out under the power in church Sunday night, and Deacons had to take my mother home, put in the bed. She was here, those tumors. I saw this with you. Yeah. I saw demons cast out. People say, well, really? I said, I've been there. Yeah. You see, 13-year-old young men fussing and cussing and watch people lay their hands on them and watch them calm down. This is how I was raised before I went to the Navy. So I went in with full of spirit, full of deliverance, full of power. And I was just able to execute it at a larger level with men and women in uniform. My God, your steps were definitely ordered. You know, I, I got to throw this in. Um, and I, I thank God for orchestrating mm. the dialogue yes. uh, right now. You know, we, we can talk. Yes. We're talking. The yes. camera's rolling and we're talking. <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I thank God for the opportunity of being able to to meet you through your mother and, and mm -hmm. your grandmother, you know, working as a chaplain mm -hmm. and going into um, your mother and your father's home and, and serving your grandmother, the, that matriarch, that yes. amazing woman of God. Yes. You know, even in the state of mind that she was in, mm -hmm. um, the spirit of God, walking into that home and the peace of God over her. Uh, the spirit of God still dwelling in her and a woman of very few words because of mm. the state of mind that she was in but, but still the state of mind <laughs> yes. that she was in in her last um, in her last days but I can recall uh, sometimes um, I would not be on schedule uh, you know my, my hours not mm -hmm. very predictable when I would come to visit and, but one thing for certain, you talked about your mom going to noonday prayer when y'all were in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how long, how many years ago that was, but I know just a few years ago, maybe one or two, going to visit your mother and uh, your grandmother. Uh, noonday prayer was still a part yes. Yes. of your mother's uh, uh, daily, I don't exactly. like to say routine, because it's not really, mm -hmm. yes. And I would join her. Mm. Wow. And I would join her mm -hmm. uh, in those times of prayer. Yes. And uh, right there at the at the bedside, right there beside mm -hmm. your grandmother. Um, so I give. I'm I'm just grateful. So I'm just. I just wanted to throw that little two cent in. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned it because um, it wasn't part of the program, um, the memorial service. But God said, give people two minutes to talk. And one of the pastors got up and said, she went to knock on grandmother's door. And it was noonday prayer. And she said, and we put in the program, you do not interfere with her noonday prayer. She's sitting here knocking on the door. It's like, my mother would not. She said, do not interrupt her prayer time. Mm -hmm. And so the lady stayed out there and she said, my mother, she said, I told you, nobody interferes with yeah. her noonday prayer. Yeah. That's how sincere she was about her prayer mm -hmm. life. No, no interruption. I yeah. think about social media today, you know, distraction, nothing took away yeah. 
from her New Day prayer. Yes. And just before Christmas, we had a little prayer meeting in the house, and my nephew Chris, he picked her little frail body up, put her in the chair in the dining room, and we were singing a song, and I watched her clap her hands mm -hmm. and pat her feet. So even though she wasn't there, her spirit knew how to connect with the spirit. Yeah. She knew we were having church in there, and yeah. she was clapping her hands yeah. and patting her feet. Yeah. It was in her. Yeah. The spirit was in her, and it showed us like, oh, I'm yes. like, she's never done it before. Yeah. She's never done it before, but we saw that mm -hmm. her spirit was connected with the spirit. Exactly, bore witness to yes. the spirit that was yes. Glory to God. Oh, wow, 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 wow. We just give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Yes. For what? <laughs> oh, my God. I, my, thank you. You said, you know, thank God that mantles don't die. Mm. Thank you. I bless the Lord um, that mantles don't, don't die. They don't die. And, and it's just so, I'm so grateful to sit down with you um, on today, sir. Amen. Amen. Um, the author of five published books, two of which I have here. The others I sold out. So, so we had, we've got the 21 day devotional nuggets for, nuggets for yes. yes, nuggets for, is that the resilient living, mm -hmm. resilient living 21 day devotional. We sold out. I've got to get some mm. of those here. And then there are five strategies for resilient, resilient living. Turn your pain into passion. Turn your pain <laughs> into, into passion. Yes. And I was a co-author with a pastor friend of mine. We did together. I was experimenting like, really? And so that was the first book. That wow. I that was the first one. The first book. Wow. Yes. Wow. And then this one here, Resilient Sailing. Yes. Ten Lessons to Persevere in Life Stormy, Stormy Seas. It's good. And then we've got the bounce the back. Bounce back effect. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a 30-day journal that yes. goes along mm -hmm. with it. Tell us a little bit about the bounce back effect. Well, you know what? I appreciate that because the bounce back, because I thought about in life how I went through rejection after rejection after rejection. You know, it took me three times to get into the Navy. Mm -hmm. I was turned out for several commissioning programs. I mean, ABAP tests was not a test taker, and then retired with five degrees later. So I said, sometimes the system says no, but these are all testimonies. I don't brag about having five degrees and three masters and a doctorate because the system was not for me. And so I had to give God the credit because he opened the door for me to share the stories of legitimate degrees and say, if he do the same thing for me in my mind, he could do the same thing for anyone out there yeah. that trusts him. So this was a test of my faith to say, you know what? Not relying on the system, but I relied on God yeah. and getting those degrees because it was hard. Yeah. I mean, dissertations, and I want to give up, and you know, I had to get mentors and extra uh, sessions. But I look back at it, I will do it again mm -hmm. because what I've gone through, I want to encourage the next person. You know what? There are no excuses. Yeah. So bounce back is telling us that we all bounce back from something in life, but bounce back and resilience go hand in hand to yeah. me because if you don't bounce back. How can you get to the next level? Yeah. And sometimes looking down does not mean you're at your last peak, but it's like when you look down, when you fall down, all you do is look up, as Les Brown said. Because you when you look up, you can get up. Yeah. And I believe the same thing is spiritual for us because our tests lead to our testimonies. Yes. So my 10 lessons of perseverance and bounce back are my testimonies because of the tests that I went through yeah. to get to the next level. Wow. Wow. The the nonprofit CMBB. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I know that your your ultimate or one of your passions is to expire 
uh, black men of color yes. to read. Yes. So we have many connections. You and I are connected, you know, both of our, uh, us, you said, how do we refer to one another? I was downstairs prepping for the interview. I said, uh, is it chaplain, doctor, brother, <laughs> brother, you know, but we both have a whole lot in common, but, but my brother in Christ, brother. but yeah, you're, you're truly my, my, my kindred in so many ways. And I, and I just give God the glory for you. But another way that, you know, we can, we relate is the fact that you are inspiring young men. You, you advocate for young men to read. And here we are upstairs from this mm -hmm. bookstore, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think the first time that we, you did your book signing downstairs, I took you up here and you were looking at the space and you were like kind of taken aback, like, wow, this is mm -hmm. perfect. This was, you were looking at the space. This is kind of like what I see for the vision God had given you. So, you know, I, it's just, no, it's not coincidental. Nothing is by chance or happenstance for kingdom believers, mm -hmm. uh, for us as, as kingdom brethren, uh, for, as children of God and the yes. kingdom of God. You know, we are strategically placed yes. or, or positioned here directly across from the county courthouse. Mm -hmm. And I know that your passion mm -hmm. is for, for young black men, you know, uh, you know, there's so much going on in society. Yes. And, you know, we can't reach out and touch everybody, but God has given you a passion for young black men and, you know, to inspire them um, to, to, to read, to read. And, you know, I have the uh, unfortunate, um, I don't, I don't even know how, what, what word to put, but I get to see you know, sometimes five days a week, a lot of our, our young um, black men, you know, you know, taken from the courthouse to the probation office or to, to the probations in handcuffs and all mm -hmm. sorts of things going on, protests going on, you know, mothers were leaving the courthouse, you know, um, many of which they've lost their sons to senseless you know, murders mm -hmm. or many of which whose sons are incarcerated for senseless murders, crimes, pharmacia, mm -hmm. you know, all types of issues. And it, it is very disheartening. But, you know, we, we bloom where we are planted and Ooh, we do yes. Amen. you know Amen. what we're yes. what God is yes. we're we're not we're not powerless. We're we're not hopeless. There is there is something because the Spirit of the Lord lives and dwells on the inside of us you know the word of god says that greater is he that is that is in us than he that is in the world you know referring to the adversary and systems mm -hmm. and you know so i you know I'm, I'm just grateful you know what is what is your take i know this is a really big question but you know i think you've you, you know you've got your eye you know on, on a target i think there's a bullseye for you you know you know, what is your, what is your, your aim? You know, what is, what's next for you as it, as it relates to your goal for, you know, helping the, the disenfranchised or, you know, for preventing, you know, the next, you know, statistic, the numbers from, yes. you know, what is your. You know, uh, thank you for asking that because my heart bleeds and cry when I see TV and see the murders of young men. 
And then I think when we said the courthouse, so a couple of months ago before I moved here, my nephew is a photographer. And I took a picture from the courthouse. As a matter of fact, as we walked around the courthouse, we saw the detention center. My nephew pointed at me, he's 35 years old, young black man. He said, uncle, you know, when I see this, I think about his grandparents raised him. He said, my grandparents kept me from being in this place because mm -hmm. they kept me in church. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, that did something to me because he said they kept him out of that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that by him being in the right environment and being surrounded by the right people, it saved his life. Mm -hmm. So I know that nothing happened by happenstance. Yeah. Nothing is coincidence. God placed people strategically to do what happened to my nephew, to steer them and open the door and provide a venue so they won't have to be there. Yeah. And I always say, if I can touch one soul, somebody said, no. You ask God to give you a bigger platform to touch many. That's good. Not one. Don't limit yourself. Let God open the door for you to expand it. So when I was mentoring Denzel in the Big Brother, Big Sister program, I had women calling me, single mother, can you mentor my son? Can, it, was, it was a need there, mm -hmm. but I only want to focus on one at a time. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I thought about there is a need. How many single mothers we see walking the street? And then when I see them, it's like my heart bleeds. Where is the man at? Yeah. You can't be the man and the woman. You're not. You're a woman. That's right. That's why I want to get mentors. I've had brothers in Memphis say, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to work with you. People say, where, where, can I do something now? Because they need to see role models. Mm -hmm. And you said five degrees. It's like walking the street. And people are like, who are you? They think I'm on some thug driving a nice car. But they need to see that you can have the same thing yeah. and you can get it legitimately. So I believe God gave me five degrees, retired as a senior officer in the United States Navy to walk these streets and let young men know that could be you too. Yeah. And so put your uniform and say, you know what? Oh my God, a black officer. Yeah. Yes, in this day and time, it's a rarity, but you know what? I don't believe he gave me all these tools, all this prestige and award that I could fill up that it had to be put into a box or a cloth. He wants you to expose it. Yes. He wants to let them see it's like, oh my, I can be like you. You can do this legitimately That's because true. they don't see the role models. Yes. And so I said, for such a time as this, I am back here at the place where my nephew said, thank God I've been in there because my grandparents kept me in church. Yeah. When the song said somebody prayed for me, they had me in their mind, they took the time to pray for me, that was grandmother, great grandmother, matriarch, praying for us. I remember my grandmother's Bible looking at a list of names she was praying for her grandchildren, Jesus. her children. So we're living off the prayers of ancestors that pray for us when we don't even think about praying for ourselves. Yes. But they also make us a living epistle. When I tell my friend who's a PhD, he called me from the Navy the other day. And I said, you know, I sold everything to come home to take care of my parents and give them a quarter life, he said, you know what? He said, next time somebody says something, tell them that you are living gospel. Come on. It's not just reading. You are living a pistol. You're doing something in the flesh. And people say, you know what? You correct and say, no, God said he placed living epistles that's in right. front of people to do things that's right. in person. Absolutely. And I believe that's the cause because the passion, you see, I was getting emotional. I think about it because when I see little boys in their pants down, I want to go spank them. It's like, but they don't know nothing. People perish without a vision. Without a vision. So how do we give them vision? He put living epistles in front of their face to say, you know what? Yeah. Come with me. Yes. Walk with me. Yes. 
Let me guide you to another level of greatness by reading your way out of poverty. You can read your way out of and see yourself in Paris like I did in Rome and Italy. I've been to all these countries by reading, but now I can say I visit those countries. Yes. And now I can say, you know what? Help the next person. So right now it's about building legacy. Mm -hmm. The book's about building legacy. The center, foundation, say, you know what? If he can do the same thing for me, he can do it for It's about building legacy for the next generation. So when I'm going here, have I planted seeds in someone else's young man's heart say, you know what? After me, the work carries on. That's it. it doesn't stop. Wow. Wow. That's good stuff. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Emotionally because there is a need, but it said, what about you? I'm looking at that. What y'all gonna do about this? What are you gonna do about it? Look in the mirror. I've equipped you. You have more than enough. Like I say, live full, die empty. Yeah. I'm still full. And I refuse to take the God-given gifts and nuggets to the grave. Because they said the richest place is in the graveyard. So why yeah. not take all this fullness in me, the fullness thereof, and give it to other people so they can be full too. Yeah. So when I Leave this earth, I can say, you know what? I didn't take nothing to the grave. Yeah. I expended everything that God gave me for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, we, we had a guest just last week, um, Dr. Barnes, and that was the first, that was week before last. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that he and his wife both, they were a, a husband and wife duo. Mm -hmm. two, weeks, two weeks in a row. And that was the very thing they said, the richest place in, in the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Untapped resources, yes. the graveyard. Yes. The graveyard. And people standing there say, why did you leave me? You had the answer. You didn't talk to me. You didn't mention me. You didn't start that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You took it to the grave. We did you a disservice. Mm -hmm. So God said, you know what? I'll give you gifts and tell. One, five, or one. What are you going to do with the one I give you? Right. You want more gifts? He said, your room make... Your gifts make room for you. Yes. Well, I have placed you back in Wilson, North Carolina. Yes. Your territory is here. Yes. What are you going to do with yes. it? I feel like I'm preaching myself right now, Father God. What are you going to do with the gifts I've given you? Yes. You're from this place. Yes. A place where they don't know you. Now I'm sending you back because there's work to be done. You're good steward. And you are, sir. That's precisely what I heard the Lord say. That's precisely what I heard the Lord say, uh, that your gifts had made room for, were making room for you. Content still. Still, still, and I'm so grateful for this time with you today. Amen. I'm so grateful. There is work to be done. Yes. I feel like this is really just a, a, a launching pad today. Mm -hmm. um, you you know that your steps were, were ordered and that he brought you back for certain. Yes. Amen. Here you are again. Another chapter yes. of your life beginning, beginning, a new beginning mm, for you. Beginning. And I heard that. Uh, in the in the spirit before we even came up the steps, it's another chapter of your life because you are a yielded vessel, and um, I am I am so grateful. And I walked away from it all. Yeah, four thousand square foot house, everything, two car garage, the cul-de-sac, but I left it all. Yeah. And I said, is this a test? I can't argue with that. And I know it's his plan because the house sold in seventy-two hours. Yeah. It's God. And two words in August, last August, he said, it's time. Mm -hmm. And when I knew that what it was, like, oh, my God, it's time, man. It's time to sell it all and go home. Yeah. It's time. To be obedient. Wow. We we are, you know, in, in, in the Kairos time of God, it's undeniable. And I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you. Um, that that you, you, you know what's happening. You're aware of what's happening. And you're also aware 
of what God is saying. And, you know, sometimes we look for, for people to, to, to not get us, but, but, but get us, get our heart and what Father's saying. Mm. And I'm, I'm grateful for this interview, this, this dialogue today, not just because, you know, we're relating to one another, yes, yes. but we're relating to the heart of Father. Yes, yes. And, um, wow, I, I'm excited about this next chapter for you and to be able to, to not only uh, uh, read on pages, you know, perhaps if there's another book, because I know I'm certain there are more books, <laughs> but to, to watch it unfold and to see what Father would have you do here in this territory and in this region where there is work, more work to do. Yes. You, did, you did much out there on, on the waters and, mm -hmm. and in Pensacola. Florida, overseas, Japan, it, and loving life. I didn't want to come to the United States. I want to live in Japan. Yeah. I was going to retire in Hawaii. Yeah. But God said no. But God said come back. Come back. Amen. For such a time as this, yes, He has need of you. Um, I don't even want to end this interview, but it's it's like um, it's like I need to end the interview mm -hmm. because because we need to get to work because you need to get to work. It's like I need to let you go. <laughs> it's like I need to let you go because there's work to do. So with that being said, uh, if, are there any final words that you want to, to speak to our, our viewers yes, yes. regarding anything that we talked about today? Your, your book, your nonprofit, what's, what's, in your, what's on your heart right now? Well, I would like to look for partners that have like-minded and want to share in this sowing the seeds because like I said, I left Memphis in faith. I believe in starting things in faith. My parents, I watched my father leave a government job, walking from his house, come here in faith. I watch him give stuff away and then I'm in that position. So I know that God has people that were sowing to you. As a matter of fact, case in point, my neighbor before I left a year ago, his wife fell in her uh, attic and broke her arm. And this nice neighborhood, she couldn't get nobody in the neighborhood. I knew her husband, he was a businessman, he traveled. He called me on my phone at 10.30 at night and said, would you take my wife to the hospital? I did that. He does not look like me, and we thought that this man was evil, but guess what happened? How the devil make evil for good, turn it for good? This man, after his wife went to the emergency room, the following week he said, is there anything I can do for you? He gave me a box of steaks, the best steaks in the world, patients. I've never heard of these place before. And then he said, is there a church or a charity I can write a check to? God said, what about your organization? He gave my first check to my nonprofit. So God has people that it was so into your life and your vision that believe you. He said, I want you to be prosperous. He said, I went on the website, I checked, he said, I like it. I said, that was my first soul seed into calling a big brother. And I said, this, for such time as this, God, other people that were believing the vision, they were so, because I'm, I'm walking in looking at a building, I don't know where it is, but I want to house my books, I want to have chairs around, I want to be a place where they can come and have a sanctuary, but if God has touched your heart to sow a seed and call me big brother, reach out and partner, because we know there's a need, there's a courthouse, and we want to avoid that, but God placed people for such time as this, and I look in the mirror and say, it's time for you to work, and I'm doing things by faith, I've sold things, 
furniture and store, Lord, because I have to sow into my own ministry. But God has other people like this neighbor of mine who I didn't think could care less about me said, here's a check for your nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So with the attitude of gratitude, I believe attitude goes a long way to return your altitude. So God has given me this spirit of humility is not a weakness. It's used as a strength. And Admiral told me that. And I remember to this day because those degrees and accolades and all the titles I have, it just opened doors. But at the end of the day, I'm Carl Michael Barnes from the dirt roads of Wilson, North Carolina. For such a time as this, if God is leading upon your heart to partner with Soul Seeds, please reach out. You see my sister here, you can reach me through her, uh, the website, but you know this store here, this uh, bookstore here, is the first books that I opened the door for me to have my books. Yes, I've had books turned in Barnes and Noble, but this is my hometown here, and the door is open to display my books. To me, that is a big significance in my life, that God will open the platform and expand the territory to reach more and a plethora of young men that I can fill a place up and say, let's talk about life. Mm -hmm. Let's be a mentor. Let's have a safe place to know that the guns and the bags are pointing, but we can sit in and talk about life. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to share my experience with you. Live for and die empty, because why God has imparted upon me to share my historical experiences Going from nothing, E1 and lowest of rank, to a senior 05 in my uniform. I want to see my pictures. Let him know he can do it for me. He can inspire young men of color to do the same thing. And so I'm a vessel that wants to be used by God. And if God has touched you to say, you know what, how can I partner with you? What can I sow a seed in you? Because I want to give back to this community, a community that I know that's hurting. When I see up and down the street, I see it and I cry. But God knows. I look at the mirror and say, you're the one. I've been running from this place for a long time. So I'm grateful that this opportunity has come. And I say thank you so very much for opening that door. But I know it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Of a new chapter. Mm -hmm. And uh, the website again is cmbbcallmebigbrother.org. Yes. So we encourage you to sow a seed. We thank God that Father gives seed to the sower. Amen. So your heart being pricked today. Amen. Put seed in good ground today. Yes. You heard the heart of the Father and the heart of our brother on today. Amen. A good, a worthy cause. Amen. In a dying world. Amen. Where we can make a Amen. difference, making Amen. an impact. I love you so much, brother. Love you too, sister. Amen. We just Amen. give God the glory for this time today. Yes. Amen. There is a work to do. So I'm going to let this dynamic man of God go. That's the only reason I'm ending this interview. <laughs> Amen. Because there's fire in his feet oh. and there is work. There is ground to till and work to do. Amen. 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 And we Amen. just give God the glory. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in for another magnificent yes. dynamic. I feel that Father is pleased today. Amen. And I'm empty, so I feel, I feel good Amen. today. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Telly Speaks. Let the prophet roar. Until next time, shalom.